You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. All right, who in here um, has a friend? Who in here has lost a friend? Who in here has been hurt by a friend? Encouraged by a friend? All kinds of friends. So what I like to do is I... um, Wow, I need to, need to chill out on my, my tone. Um, everyone got a bracelet. Oh, giveaways. Who's got a piece of candy on their paper? Oh, wow, look at that. There should be two. There's only two. You get a prize. Imagine, gift fair, you a prize. Here's some Bible stickers. And this right here is a really cool, super cool book. Who's heard of the story? It's the Bible in story form as it happened. So it's kind of cool to get this book and you'll see how it all comes together. Your mom, she'll break it down into Greek. All right, let's get started. So what I like to do, since Jessica asked me to speak on service and relationships, um, I wanted to give you a definition of service and relationships. Service is the action of helping or doing the work for someone, a system supplying a public need. Relationships, the way in which two or more are concepts, objects, or people are connected. Strong relationships are built on effective communication. Does being a friend take work? It does. I have some lifelong friends and it takes work. Um, How, I'm gonna jump ahead. I was gonna say something different, but I won't. Um, All right, tell me who the following are in scripture and what they have in common. There's Jonathan and David, Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Timothy, Ruth and Naomi, Mark and Paul, John and Jesus, Moses and Aaron, Abraham and Lot, Jesus and you, what do all those have in common? They're friends, right? So I want someone to read, well, I guess I'll read since I'm on the mic. We're gonna look up John 15, 14 through 15. And it says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. How does that strike you, that Jesus calls you friend? Do you see him as a friend? Do you know Jesus? If you do not know Jesus, if you'll see me afterwards, he wants to be your friend. And he's loyal and he's faithful and he's solid and he'll never leave you, forsake you, hurt you, abandon you. That's a pretty solid friend. Um, So, to begin this session on service and relationships, the message is simple. Your focus has to be Jesus only. Okay, so you're telling me to be a friend, and then you're telling me just to be Jesus only. We'll get to that. If you prioritize friendships or anything over your relationship with the Lord, he will remind you. Um, There was a time in my life where my focus was on friends. And I felt like if I didn't have friends, then... You know, I was done, nobody liked me, you know, everybody hates me, I'm gonna go eat worms, all that stuff. And so my dependence was on friendships. Well, guess what happened? One day my phone quit ringing. 
One day my friends quit calling for several days and I thought, okay, I, I went into a depression and I thought, what, what's going on? I don't have any friends anymore. And the Lord told me, he said, your focus is off. If I'm the only friend you have, is that enough? I would love for you to, for, to stand up here and say, oh, I'm so spiritual. I said, yes, Lord, and my phone blew up. It took me three days. And when I said, Lord, if you are all I have, that is enough. All of a sudden, starting in a message, somebody would call. I'm like, where have you been? You know, in a sweat. But, but I had to come to, to that term that Jesus was enough. If that's all I have, he is enough. Um... So I'm a visual learner. I'm gonna go through this real quick for sake of time. I love this book. Teachers in the room, you know this book? So these crayons are fussy. They're different colors. They kind of think one's better than the other. I'm just gonna proof a couple of pages for you um, as I started thinking about it. It says, we are a box of crayons that doesn't get along. Said blue to all the others. Something here is wrong. You guys got anybody you don't get along with? You don't have to show hands. <clears throat> So it goes through the book and this little girl wanted to help. So she bought this box of crayons and she started to use them. It says, they watched me as I colored with red and blue and green and black and white and orange and every color in between. So when you came in, some of you chose where you sat by the color of your bracelet. Some of you may have switched colors. Some of you may have bartered for colors like, oh, I don't want Clemson orange, blah, blah, blah. But you chose a color because we're different. This is one of my favorite colors. That's why I chose it, just like this box of crayons. I know I don't say crayons right, but I don't know how to. Colors changing as they touch, becoming something new. They watched me as I colored. They watched me till I was through. So they keep on getting along and making a beautiful picture. We are a box of crayons, each one of us unique, but when we're together, the picture is complete. Do you know that's you? That's us as a group, as a church, as a body of believers. That is us. And if friendships were not important, do you think Jesus would wanna be our friend? He wouldn't have mentioned it. And now I am off my notes. So this book reminds me of friendships, our friendships, that we are each unique. But when our friendships come together and is healthy, healthy per God's standard, that's a big one. It makes a beautiful picture. So today we're gonna to be talking about service and relationships. And um, I got a question for you. Do you agree that service, doing the work, goes hand in hand with building relationships? Yes, it has to. Um, there are several kinds of relationships we can form in life. Seasonal friendships, have you ever heard of that? They're short-term, there's long-term, there's lifelong. Sometimes when they when they end for that season, it, it hurts, doesn't it? But it's important, it's taught you something. Um, Perry Noble said this, not everyone who starts with you will end with you, but you will never become who you need to be without people. So, you know, a lot of people joke around and, and there's a time that you need to be involved in a time you need to withdraw and rest. Um, but isolating yourself is never a good idea. That's where the enemy will get you and tell you you're no good or you're no important or you have nobody. So be careful with that. Um, so friendships like this, you need to be aware of. You need to acknowledge them, be intentional, be authentic, be an advocate, be obedient, 
and know when they need some space. So there's a healthy boundary with friendships, right? Um, we're gonna talk about unhealthy friendships because there are unhealthy friendships, are there not? Even in scripture, at one point, Jesus had to shake the feet off, shake the feet, shake the dust off his feet and walk away. It just wasn't, wasn't what needed to be happening at the time. So I heard a sermon once. See if you recognize any of these um, friendships. These are unhealthy friendships. Um, Suckerfish. You ever had a friendship that just sucked the life out of you? Flounders. You really don't know where they stand? A blowfish. Anybody? They know everything. A clownfish. Um, Swordfish. And this is the biggie. A codependent relationship that begins healthy, but your focus is lost. Codependency is never good. So I think we're all familiar with the what would Jesus do bracelets, which is my present to you today as a reminder of what scripture says as far as what Jesus did with his relationships and a guide for us that we will all take with us today. A simple glance at a visual bracelet can help you refocus on Jesus when you come, come up on tough relationships, job, or home. So let's take a look what Jesus says about friendships. Yes, even in the message, even in the trials of friendships, we are called to serve each other regardless of feelings. Does anybody have feelings? I don't feel like it or they hurt my feelings. Does anybody have feelings? Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Your feelings will lie to you. And most of the time are being whispered in our ears by what I call the prideful lizard or greasy demon. I don't like giving him a proper name. I don't even capitalize the S of Satan because he doesn't deserve proper stuff. So keep a check on those temporary feelings that can do enough destruction, listen to this, in a mood swing to last a lifetime. Has anybody ever said, to you, said something to you that lasted a lifetime? Those are tough. Those are tough. I found a quote about this and it says, did you really have a bad day? Or did you have 10 to 20 minutes where you let your thoughts run undisciplined, which led you to, to a bad vibe that, let, that carried you away? Come on, pay attention. What would Jesus do? Because those 10 minutes can destroy a friendship for life. Check those feelings, take a nap, eat some chocolate, whatever your thing is. Just pay attention to what's really going on. If it's a difficult person, and this is tough, be thankful for the difficult people in your life for they have shown you who you don't wanna be. Love and care for your friends and enemies so radically that they wonder why and your focus will always be because Jesus told me to. Those are the good and the bad ones. All right, now we're gonna look up these verses and I want you to say them loud and proud. These are verses and there's hundreds about relationships, but I just wanted you to hear from God's word the importance of friendships. Who's got Acts 9, 17 through 19? <laughs> As they reach for the cards. Acts 9, 17 through 19. Mm-hmm. Saul's eyes, 
So that's a friendship, isn't it? Um, and for sake of time, there's so many of these, I think I'm gonna switch it up. If you wanna screenshot this and, and read it later, I'm gonna go through it real quick and not read the scripture. You'll have the scripture. But in Acts 9, and if you'll just leave those cards on the table, Acts 9, 17 through 19, Ananias goes to Saul. 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7, relationships matter. Proverbs 24, 6, get wise counsel. Find that Christian godly person, get a mentor, get that person that'll speak truth to you. The good stuff and the bad stuff. Matthew 12, 50, anyone in his will is yours. Um, Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 10, be there for each other. Ecclesiastes 4.12, a triple cord is not easily broken. Titus 2, what we are called to do as godly women. It's what we are called to do. It is not a suggestion. Luke 6.31, how to treat people. Colossians 3.12-14, wear the right clothes. It's not talking about these kind of clothes. It's talking about how you love people, how you treat people, and all those sorts of things. James 4.11, do not slander you ever slandered anybody? Talked about them behind their back? What if instead, every time you felt like talking poorly about somebody, you just prayed for them? That's convicting. Proverbs 17, nine, forgive others. Sometimes that forgiveness can only come through the love of Jesus. And one of the ways I have done that is, Lord, I'm not feeling it but I need to forgive them through you. So tomorrow, will you help me just to love them a little bit more, a little bit more. And before you know it, you'll be praying for them and be praying victory in their life, no matter what. Proverbs 27, 17, sharpen each other. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25, choose wisely. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled with bad company. Proverbs 18, 24, reliable friends. Proverbs 17, 17, love at all times. Does it say love at sometimes? Love at all times. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, let go of toxic friendships. Romans 16, 17 through 18, deceivers of heart. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25, there's snare, talks about snares. Proverbs 13, 20 talks about fools. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked. Matthew 5.44, love your enemies. What does that one say? Love your enemies. Did Jesus love his enemies? He did. Did he have enemies? He did, he absolutely did. Okay, I'm gonna breeze through these for lack of time. We're gonna talk about unhealthy relationships. And if you know me, I'm a, I'm a quoter. I love quotes, I love memes. I love those zingers that just go straight to the heart. Christine Kane said, um, this is unhealthy relationships and dealing with those that hurt you. These are just some thoughts. Christine Kane said, it is easy to feel disappointed in relationships, but that's because only God can be God. Placing expectation on our friends family and spouses that can only be met by God is setting ourselves and our people up for failure every single time. We cannot save people, only Jesus can. Oh, I need to remain friends with them because they need Jesus. He's the only savior, you're not a savior. You can still be friends and cordial with people who leave your church. We're not in gangs, ladies. I love that one, that one made me laugh out loud. 
Keep in mind that hurt people hurt people. Well, why are they being so mean? I'm gonna treat them mean. No, love them, because hurt people hurt people. Sad people do sad things, and we are not to play a part in it. If we do, we are enablers in helping them to continue the cycle of abuse and joining them in it. Revival comes when we invite God to purify us from faulty thinking. Get out of your feelings, ladies. And surely, do not take on other people's feelings. I don't know about you, but I got enough feelings of my own. And have you ever noticed when you're with somebody and they're smack talking somebody, the minute you compliment that person, the whole conversation changes? You ever notice that? That's Jesus. And then you don't have to call him later and apologize when you feel convicted. Just save yourself a phone call. <sighs> not that I'm talking about myself or anything. If your words are not led by the Holy Spirit in biblical correction and timing, it's spiritual abuse. Yeah, I got silent the first time I heard that too. Let me read it again. If your words are not led by the Holy Spirit in biblical correction and timing, it's spiritual abuse. Well, you know what scripture says. Is that, the way I, is that the way I need to present it? Speak well of your enemies. After all, you created them. Yeah, I don't like that one either. <sighs> Loving your enemies does not mean you have to agree with them. We're gonna get to healthy friendships in a minute, don't worry. Jesus was the same for Mary, who washed his feet, as he was for Judas, whose feet he washed. That was one of his 12. The best way to destroy your enemy is to make them your friend. Place balance on the relationship or walk away from it. Have you ever met somebody and, all right, maybe it's personal for me, but they're just mean and I'm thinking, you are gonna like me. I am gonna sugarcoat you until you either avoid me or you become friends with me. And I'm sure both, of that, both has happened. Um, be careful what you tolerate you are teaching people how to treat you. The only people who get upset about you setting boundaries are the ones who were benefiting from you having none. Some people will never like you because your spirit irritates their demons. So I had a, a mentor of mine once. I was the uh, women's ministry director at, at Westside a million years ago. And these two women that I love dearly um, mentored me through it because I was young and stupid. And um, they took me to, I'll never forget it, they took me to Wendy's in Malden and I thought, what are they doing? And they sat me down and they said, we just want you to know, not everybody's gonna like you. I'm like, what? Don't they know who I am? <laughs> I am Sandra Everybody loves Sandra It's true, not everybody's gonna like you and that's okay, but you love them anyway. Because why? Because hurt people hurt people. And there's something there, when you walk up to that cashier or that waitress is mean, you tip her double because there's something going on in her life and she needs to see Jesus. Well, I'm gonna leave her a penny. You better not. <laughs> you leave her a 10. Anyway, if your absence doesn't bother them, then your present never mattered to them in the first place. Avoid codependency. It's focusing on the wrong person. Sometimes you just have to be done. Not mad, not upset, just done. Know your worth. You must find the courage to leave the table if respect is no longer being served. 
Those are just some example quotes of unhealthy relationships, and it's easy for me to get up here and read them, but it's hard to do, isn't it? So, however, in those unhealthy relationships, you can set those boundaries, because maybe it's family. You're thinking, I can't get away from them. Well, there's boundaries. Just encourage them and love on them, and don't allow them to get you in your feelings, because that's when it all breaks out. Anybody ready to go on to healthy friendships? Okay. Um, healthy relationships, thoughts and quotes. The only one who can satisfy the human heart is the one who made it. You agree with that? Albert Einstein said, people admire you even though you don't say a word. Have you ever seen somebody who you thought, wow, I really wanna hang with them or I wanna have a conversation with them or dinner with them or whatever? You ever seen anybody like that? There's people on TV, I'm like, can we just chat for a minute? You look really cool. And I don't even know them. Um, only the people who care about you can hear you when you're quiet. I had a friend this morning come up and said, are you okay? Because she knows me, she knows my heart. And I looked at her and I said, I'm exhausted. It's been a long couple of weeks. When, when, the enemy, when the Lord calls you to do something like this and speak, you better be prepared for attacks because they're coming, but he never wins. I'll come in here limping, but I'm still coming in, even if it's on both feet. For those of you who don't know, I had ankle surgery on my right, got cleared from that, ran into something, broke my toe on my left. So if you see me wobbling, I'm here. <laughs> um, if you wanna be there for your friends, don't worry about finding the right words. There may not be any. Hurt with people, just show up. You know those uncomfortable times when you walk into a funeral? Is that uncomfortable? What do you say? Sometimes don't say anything. Because sometimes what we say is really weird or uncomfortable and I promise you they laugh about it later. Um, when my dad was dying in hospice, my mom and I broke out a big gift. She loves Rummy Cube and you don't, I mean, when she plays, she doesn't play. You sit there too long and she'll say, you're just gonna sit there with your teeth in your mouth or are you gonna play? So you gotta be on it. And so we were in there playing and um, we hadn't been merged long and Pastor Jeremy came in. Well, I started cleaning up the board. He said, no, 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 no. Show, show me what you're doing. First thing he did was he walked over to my dad and did whatever, prayed over him, whatever. Then he said, you continue. And so what did we talk about? talked about Rummy Cube. You see what he did? He was in the room. You know, he didn't ask us to go through the story again, which we would have, but he became part of what we were doing that we found a little bit of comfort in. I still don't think he knows how to play, but he acted like he did. <laughs> so you don't have to make it weird. Just be where they are, just be in the room. Sometimes there is no words. Um, be the girl who always tells another girl there's room for one more. Seek out those ladies sitting by themselves because they don't like to sit by themselves. You'll usually see them like this. And then they're looking up periodically. Are they, oh, here she comes. Here she comes. Oh, Emily just said 16 minutes. Oh, cool, I had nine. Um, and Pastor Jeremy said this too, investing in lives matter. Life is not meant to be lived selfish. Do you know if you're trying to, oh, I'm an introvert, I don't need any friends, did you know you're being selfish? That's not what the Lord calls us to do. 
Your circle should want to see you win. Your circle should clap the loudest when you have good news. If it doesn't, get a new circle. Uh, I think I'm going to skip some of this. Um, so, friendships do not happen by accident. I have a couple of really close friendships that are lifelong and God-centered. We can go weeks without talking and pick right back where, where we were. Um, but it takes work and it's intentional. Um, it's the one that can go days and sometimes months without contact and pick up the phone and you're right back where you were. It's not codependent, but based around the relationship with Jesus and what healthy friendships look like. We show value in each other. So have you ever uh, not heard from a friend and you thought, and I hate this saying, the phone goes both ways. How selfish is that? Pick up the phone and say, you know what, I've missed you. What's going on in your life? Because I promise you there's something going on in their life. Um, so what does codependency look like? Years ago, I wrote down a quote by Christine Kane that I think captures it perfectly. She said, if someone has the power to make or break your day, you've given them too much power. Have you ever been there? Have you ever let a friendship change your mood? Have you ever walked into church and said, oh, they didn't talk to me today? Then you sit in the back pew and you don't hear a word. You've allowed the enemy to steal your worship because you're not concentrating on the only one who matters. So um, Kevin Shear and I were talking one day about the wrong way to leave a church. And if any of you knew Kevin, he and I went at each other all the time. And um, <laughs> this is one of the things I remember him saying that wasn't aggravating me. Um, he said... <laughs> Hey, we were buddies, we were buddies. He says, you are never called from a church. You are never called from a church. You're called to a church. So if you're living in your feelings and you think, well, I'm mad, I'm gonna go find another church, you need to pray about that because the Lord is teaching you something. Ladies, if I left this building every time I got upset about something, I would have left, how old are you, 20, 30 something? This is my daughter. I'd have left 30 years ago because I worked in the church for a long time. But you know, the, the Lord is faithful and I, I kept strengthening on my focus and I saw so many miracles and messes. Don't miss it, don't miss it. Um, if you leave a church out of anger over relationships, your focus is off of Jesus and you lost your focus on your calling to that body. Staying can be a great lesson in witnessing a miracle in the mess. I'm so thankful that I've learned how to handle those kind of things. Now sometimes it takes me a minute it takes me a minute. Um, keep the friend, I, I keep the friendships I treasure because everyone will fail you at some point, but if you stay focused on Jesus, healing comes. I'm living proof of that. I could share story after story. God's intention of healthy friendship is love. Friendship should be less of what we get out of it and more about how we can serve God through it. Regardless of how we feel, we are commanded to love God first. Matthew 22 37, and then love our neighbors as ourselves, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. 39. Those words were given to us by Jesus when he asked what the greatest commandment was. So that neighbor that annoys you, not that we have one, it's, it's tough, sometimes it's tough. So we have a neighbor that, he, he needs Jesus and he puts up all the signs and all the things and there were some workers out there and my husband was gonna take water out there while the neighbor was watching in the distance and I said, Jerry, Take the neighbors some water. <laughs> it's hard sometimes, but that's what Jesus commands us to do. Did Jesus have friends? Did he have friends? Yes? 
Yes, his inner three were Peter, James, and John. He didn't add anything in scripture that he didn't want us to model. He had 12 disciples that he ministered to daily, but at the end of the day, he knew that he needed to go alone to his father in prayer. He had healthy friendships and showed us this by examples. So we talked about um, Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples. He was one of his closest friends. What did Judas do? Then what did Jesus do? That's pretty powerful. Okay. Um, let's look at the, the design on the chart on your table, circle of control. We're gonna go through these fast, so right, right quickly. Um, it's balance of boundaries. We have a small circle that is our balance. These, the things that are in our control and healthy. So right in the small circle, these are the things you can control. Thoughts and actions. Time and energy. What do you give your time and energy to? Remember, these are the things you control. How do you speak to yourself? Kind of what, um, what Anita hit on. How do you speak to yourself? There's two people talking to you at all times. You get to decide who it is. The small circle, you, you get to control that. If you look in the mirror and you say, I'm ugly, that's not of God. So when something negative comes up, you ask that question, who told you that? Um, the goals I set. My free time. What I watch, what I read, what I do. Let me warn you about all those things. Anything that you allow in your home can bring in whatever presence you're watching, good or evil. Boundaries. Does anybody have anything to add? What, what, what else can you control in that circle? Reactions? Prayer time? Who, what, over here? Your tongue, yeah. Reminds me of, I told you, I'm, I'm a song person. There's a song our kids used to sing called Tame Your Tongue, Children Tame Your Tongue. Brother. Brother, see, they remember it. <laughs> so in the bigger circle, right in the outer circle that are actions out of my control and things I am not responsible for, the actions of others. The next one is the past. Guilt. Guilt is never from the Lord, only conviction. The next one's a biggie, the opinions of others. What happens around me? See, I think Anita and Jessica looked at my notes. Comparison. Now this is a big one, and a lot of us fall into this. How others take care of themselves. Are you an enabler? Do you, en <laughs> do you enable poor behavior? The future, do you worry about the future? Are we promised tomorrow? Yes or no? Are we promised lunch today? In theory. <laughs> um, 
the outcome of my efforts. Are you a fixer? Are you trying to barrel in on what the Lord's doing in somebody else's life and it's not yours to fix? Any others? Be obedient in your calling, whatever that looks like. Be obedient in your calling, which includes relationships or different journeys in your serving, even when you don't feel like it. Did you hear that? Even when you don't feel like it, because I promise you, if you're focused on yourself and you serve somebody else, your attitude will change that fast because you're doing what the Lord has called you to do. That's not true, that's not true. How much time, Em? Oh, we're good. Um, Heal from those that hurt you to release you from your own prison. Because a lot of times, just like Anita said with her high school friends, they're not even thinking about you. Speak healing over emotional hurt, mishandled hearts, miscommunication and lies. Guard your hearts against codependency and make sure you have healthy friendships. Meet anger with sympathy. Meet anger with sympathy. Contempt with compassion, cruelty with kindness, and great grimaces with smiles. Listen to this quote by Philip Yancey. Jesus forgave a thief dangling on a cross, knowing full well the thief had converted out of pure fear. That thief would never study the Bible, never attend synagogue or church, and never make amends to those he had wronged. He simply said, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. There is nothing he won't forgive, ladies. It was another shocking reminder that grace does not depend on what we have done for God, but rather what God has done for us.